Week 11 delivers some huge upsets, huge wins, Heisman-defining performances, and much more. We have two segments today, and we're going to kick it off with Pick 6 Recap, and we're going to break down some of the biggest questions in college football. Is Northwestern a legit Big Ten contender? Did Kyle Trask solidify himself as the number one Heisman contender? And we're going to break down the cardiac kids of Miami and their second straight epic comeback win. And what's going on up there in Michigan? And is Wisconsin the best team in the Big Ten? We cover all this and more, and we're going to end the show a short segment here, Contenders versus Pretenders, in which me and Brandon tell you whether teams have a real shot at the playoffs or they're just up there taking up space and we don't need to pay attention to them. We have a full show today, guys, so let's go ahead and kick it off. Like I said, we start with pick six. Without further ado, Brandon, we had the number 23 Northwestern Wildcats pulling off the 27-20 win over the Purdue Boilermakers. This was your only loss of the week, Brandon. So what went wrong for your Boilermakers? Well, not a whole lot went wrong for me, like you said. It's my only loss of the week, not to brag. Um, I'm maybe, maybe I'm not a mush anymore. So I don't know. Maybe if you want your team to win, ask Brandon who he's going to pick. But no. Um, Northwestern might actually be good, man. I don't know. That's that. That was my big takeaway from this game. I have no idea how they did that, how they won this game, and they won it pretty handily too. So, I mean, if you watch the game, it. it I understand the final score was you know it was a one touchdown game, but they looked good through and through. Like throughout this entire game, I felt like they were pretty much in control the entire time. Yeah, I mean, they never. Um, they never. They never were down in this game, right? I mean, they took the seven zero lead early and. Never surrender it. I mean, it was tied late in the second, but I mean, they were up 27 to 13 in the yeah. fourth quarter. And so, I mean, they, they had a big lead. They were up 24 to 10 at one point as well. So, I mean, they, they were pretty much in control of this game, but I mean, I don't feel like they dominated by any means. I mean, the total yardage is about the same. Each team had a turnover. They dominated the time of possession, which I think was the big thing. In a close game like this, when each team is kind of struggling to get things rolling, especially on the ground, we'll get to that in a second, but when nobody can really run the ball and control the clock, I mean, if you're getting 35 minutes of possession with only 80 yards rushing, that's pretty stout. That means your defense is doing some great things on the other side. So I think that was really the difference in this game. Yeah, and I... I'd like to go ahead and take back what I said about about this uh, about this receiving game from Purdue. Um, it, it would seem as though David Bell maybe isn't the answer for the Boilermakers. Maybe he's not quite Rondale Moore uh, because Purdue's running back that the guy we made fun of on the last episode what was it Horvath, like Zach yeah. Horvath. Yeah, he was their leading receiver and rusher in this game. Um, he had 21 yards rushing and 100 yards receiving. If that tells you how. How, how well the Boilermakers uh, did this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it's Xander. Um, Xander. His first name, yeah. Xander. We talked about how great of a name that was. But, right. yeah, I mean, didn't do much on the ground, Brandon. I mean, he had 21 yards rushing, but his longest rush was 14 yards. So he was, um, he he was cooking, carries. to say the least. Well, yeah. I mean, but as a team, if when you have 17 carries for two yards and your longest rush was 14, that's a real bad look. Yeah, no, not that's, great. That I mean, that's zero point one yards. Per, I mean, that's like almost negative yards per carry until your last carry. You just sneeze and get lucky and get two yards. I mean, that's bad. But I mean, I was impressed with this Northwestern defense. Like you said, I mean, they got three sacks, four tackles for loss, they had five pass breakups. Um, you know, Blake Gallagher played a great game. Patty Fisher played a great game. 
I was really, really impressed with them. I mean, like you said, they kind of controlled David Belly, didn't have a touchdown, only averaged eight, eight yards per reception, which is way, way below his average. Um, but for me, Brandon, Peyton Ramsey outplayed, you know, Aiden O'Connell. That was the biggest thing. He had two twelve through the air, three touchdowns. Um, neither quarterback really got any help from the run game, but I just felt like he was more consistent. I think he's the more experienced option. And overall, I just feel like Northwestern was the better team this game. And I think that came out down the stretch because I, I'm really impressed with this team. I mean, I got to ask you, though, are they real contenders in the Big Ten? Uh, that's tough, especially when you have teams like Ohio State, Wisconsin, and apparently Indiana. Uh, it's <laughs> tough. It's tough to be a real contender in the Big Ten. I mean, we should find out next week, right? I mean, they host Wisconsin next weekend. So if they win that game, I, I, I don't know if you could say they're not a real contender if they go on and beat Wisconsin next week. No, yeah. I mean, if they beat Wisconsin, then yeah, they're definitely a contender. But that's 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 a lot easier said than done. Yeah, especially when, um, you know, I already mentioned Purdue's rushing attack. When you're averaging two yards a carry and you had 40 attempts and you only get 80 yards, that's a bad look. You don't get a rushing touchdown either. And we saw what this Wisconsin defense did this weekend. We'll get to it in just a little bit. But you're going to have to be able to run the run the ball. I mean, Isaiah Bowser, he's going to have to find some room. Kyrick McGowan, he's going to find some room. You can't put all, You can't put that game all on Peyton Ramsey. And I'm telling you, this Purdue defense is not even in the same stratosphere as what they're going to face this upcoming week against Wisconsin. No, absolutely not. I mean, but yeah, I mean, this game, I mean, Purdue, I think they're a good team, Brandon. Uh, I think Rondell Moore is a huge loss. I think that's outside of maybe Jalen Waddell in the Alabama loss. I don't think there's a bigger offensive loss than Rondell Moore for this Purdue team. Oh, I mean, he's huge. I mean, that or um, uh, what's his name uh, for Penn State? Penn State's going to blame it all on, on not having him, by the way. Micah Parsons. Yeah. Uh, they, Penn State fans, we, we need to have a talk. Yeah, I mean that, that that was a bad loss this weekend. I mean, when Nebraska smacks you like that, that's that's tough. And Indiana shutting out Michigan State. We mentioned them earlier. I mean, it's it, the Big Ten is getting interesting. I mean, Northwestern, um, Indiana, Ohio State, Wisconsin, all undefeated still, and they all got games against each other coming up. So the Big Ten is going to be real interesting the ne- these next few weeks. So let's go ahead and move on here, Brandon. I mean, Northwestern faces a red hot Wisconsin team next weekend. While Purdue travels to Minnesota, and I don't know what happened to Minnesota, Brandon, but I, I have major concerns about the Golden Gophers up there. But we're going to move on. We're going down to Gainesville, Florida, guys, where the number six Florida Gators smacked the Arkansas Razorbacks 63-35, to Brandon. And listen, defense is overrated, especially when you have the hottest quarterback in the country that literally I don't think he can do a single thing wrong. Kyle Trask. It- <laughs> I don't. I want to go out on. I know it's not that big of a limb, but I want to go out on a limb right here. He has to be the Heisman front runner right now, right? I think so. I mean, he has what he he has. I think he has the most passing touchdowns in the country. He's right up there with passing yards, and everyone was like, "Oh, what about Mac Jones? What about this and that?" And it's like, yeah, until this weekend, Mac Jones had played more games than Kyle Trask. Yeah, and now he he his stat line. Brandon, we talked last night on the phone. I know um, his stat line is better than Joe Burrow last year. Yeah, uh, look, <laughs> uh, uh, no comment. I mean, he has 2,100 yards, almost 2,200, which is top 10 in the country. 28 passing touchdowns, Brandon, which is first in the country. For only three interceptions, and he has a 94 QBR. Yeah, I mean, he's good. He's good. I, I don't, I don't want to talk. I don't want to give him too much credit because he plays for Florida, but yeah, you know. I go. mean, Brandon, the, he already has more passing touchdowns this year than he did all of last year. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, and he almost has more yards. And if his average keeps going the way it is, he'll have more yards passing this year than last year in the next game or two. I mean, that's bananas. I mean, th- this kid, I. Listen, I know I was high on him. I told y'all before the season, that's why I was picking Florida to win the SEC. That defense really hurt them against A&M, but I would say there's no hotter team in the country right now than the Florida Gators. Right. No, I mean, they're look, they're 
insanely good, apparently. Um, and, and, you know, we thought that, you know, if you would ask me like two weeks ago who I thought um, the front runner on the SEC was, I mean, I would have said Alabama, like, hands down. Like, no one's even close. I don't know now. Florida looks really good. I think the biggest separate, like, the reason I still would say Bama is that defense, man. Yeah. I mean, when Felipe Franks can complete 15 of 19, 250, and two touchdowns while being injured. Right. I, that is that going to – what is what is Najee Harris and Mac Jones going to do to you? Ah, it's it's going to be bad. I mean, the biggest thing for me, though, Brandon, I don't know how you feel about it. I mentioned this kid in the preview episode as someone who had to step up because Kyle Pitts was out. But Trayvon Grimes finally had a game to be in, that impressed me. I mean, six catches, 109, two touchdowns, and he was averaging almost 20 yards a catch. Yeah, and that's another point that we didn't even bring up. <laughs> Florida did all of this without Kyle Pitts. <laughs> like, how crazy is that? How insane is that? How scary is that if you're if you're in the SEC? It's got to be terrifying. I mean, Trayvon Grimes, Xavier Henderson, and Kadarius Toney, and Keon uh, Zipper all had huge games. I mean, yeah. they either all that they all put up big numbers, and I think okay, this could be going out on a limb here. I think the injury to Kyle Pitts might have been the best thing for Florida. What? Yes, because he'll be out for, I think, one more game, and they have Vandy next week, Brandon. Oh, so man. he's out, Arkansas Vandy, and it allows um, it allows Trask to build up confidence in these other wide receivers because now when you get down the line to Bama, when Kyle Pitts isn't open, you have faith to find other targets. Trayvon Grimes will be a factor for you. Xavier Henderson, Kadarius Toney, all these other guys are going to have this experience and confidence now to go out and do big things against opponents that aren't going to let you throw it to Kyle Pitts 19 times. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough, Zach. And also in this game, I saw we saw a little bit of life from the Florida rushing attack, Brandon. I mean, we saw Damian Pierce get 69 yards rushing on 12 carries. Naquan Wright, 50 yards rushing. The backup quarterback, Emory Jones, 37 yards and a touchdown. I mean, this team rushed for 208 yards and a touchdown on the ground, Brandon. And that is by far their best performance to date in, in the season. I mean, they're going to have to build up confidence in these running backs, these backup wide receivers, if they're going to beat Alabama. Because you cannot be one-dimensional against Nick Saban. You, you think that there's going to be a single play in the SEC championship game if they get there that Kyle Pitts isn't going to have two people on him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I I just I can't see it. I was impressed with their defense too, Brandon. Four sacks, eight tackles for loss. They got to the quarterback. They had a defensive touchdown. That's that's always huge. I, I was real, real impressed with the pressure they got. With And, yes, they allowed 35 points to Arkansas, but I, I think Arkansas is actually not a bad win this year. I, I know that sounds – outrageous but Arkansas can play with a lot of the teams in the SEC this year I mean they should have beat Auburn they, they've they been competitive against almost everybody and listen I, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say I think they beat LSU next week uh, okay why, why, why are you doing that <laughs> so this is unnecessary I mean Brandon they were averaging 13 yards a pass this week they were averaging six and a half per rush they did have a costly turnover that ended up being taken back, but they put up almost 500 yards of total offense. Yeah. Wait, can you even think of the last time an Arkansas team could put up 500 yards of offense that wasn't Darren McFadden's year? I was about to say Darren McFadden, so no. I mean, that's the last time I could think of an Arkansas offense that was not just absolutely disgusting to watch. I mean, exactly. are you kidding me? Disgusted. <laughs> but I'm really impressed with both these teams right now. I think Arkansas is on the on the I guess on the upswing. I think Sam Pittman was an amazing hire. And to put up 35 and be somewhat competitive early until I mean the second quarter it got a little bit out of hand, guys. Let's be honest here. But they never gave up. They scored, I think their last touchdown with 40 seconds left. So they were trying to go after it. I think Arkansas is great. Sam Pittman was out this week with COVID. Hopefully he's back next week. I think this Arkansas team is going to shock some people in the coming years. And this Florida team, if you can find just a sliver of defense for me, 
I think you have a chance to win the national championship. This offense is so good. What? Okay. Fair. I mean, if Brandon, is there any team in the country, any defense that you see holding Florida under 30 points? Mm, uh, I was going to say Georgia, but they didn't. Um. <laughs> he, said, he was like, there's literal proof that that defense did not hold them under 30 points. <laughs> so Maybe may, may Clemson healthy, but that's a big if. It's a big maybe, yeah. And maybe Bama if they played their best game, but Bama's defense has been suspect all year. Fair, yeah. I mean, I don't think there is one. I really don't. I think Florida's putting up 30 to 40 on everybody. Even in their loss, Brandon, they put up 38. Yeah. No, they, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, if they put up 30, I give them a chance to beat anyone in the country. And if their defense is on, which we saw it on against Georgia, if they play, if they play against, if this team puts together a performance like they did against Georgia, they can beat anyone in the country. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We, we we don't like Dan Mullen, especially Brandon, but the, the, he he is doing it out there in Gainesville. I mean, this this dude is building a contender, and I think they're going to be really good next year too. I would personally like you to give more credit to the players than than that than that moron. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> he's that moron. All right, guys, but Florida and Trask, like I said, they they're they're going to get a glorified bye week next week on their road trip to Vandy. They get a nice little vacation in Nashville. Um, while Arkansas hosts the LSU Tigers next week in what, a game I'm sure Brandon is dreading. Um, yeah, but let's cancel COVID. Uh, what? Okay, is is there any way any of the players that got COVID this week are going to be ready to play next weekend? No, Miles Brennan's out for the rest of the year. I'm just this is a bad time for me, Zach. Uh, listen, we might put that game in pick six just so please we have don't. to talk about. Oh it. my God, please don't. <laughs> but guys, we're going to move to Pac-12 country. We had the number 11 Oregon Ducks beat the Washington State Cougars 43 to 29. Oregon looked rust uh, do what? They covered. <laughs> well, the, the over the overhead is what I meant. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I mean, guys, Oregon looked rusty early, but they showed their true potential in the second half. But Brandon, I got a interesting like question for you. All right. Is Washington was the best thing to happen to Washington State Mike Leach's departure? I don't know. I, you know, I'm starting to think maybe just because I guess the air raid doesn't work everywhere is what I'll say. It's not really working at Mississippi State. It only worked against LSU. Um, that's not saying a lot. So yeah, I mean maybe. I mean, you you look at Washington State. They almost had another hundred yard rusher this weekend in McIntosh, who's a monster, by the way. I, I, this kid can ball and you actually put up a decent performance. I mean, this game was a one score game all the way up until like a minute left. Yeah. No, you're right. And the defense is playing well. Whoever thought Washington state had a defense, they forced three first half turnovers. Brandon had the lead going into halftime. That's insane. I mean, that, and, and I remember we were, we were talking during this game last night, Zach, and this is, I w I was surprised. I was shocked. I, I really thought they could have pulled the upset. I, I really do. I know that sounds crazy, but I think this Jaden Delora kid is 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 going to be a superstar once he develops. Yeah, we know you do. Uh, Brandon, it, out of all the <laughs> freshman quarterback in the country, who's been playing better than this kid? No one. I mean, you're right. This, this kid's really, really good. He's a stud. I mean, last night he had 321 in the air and two touchdowns, no turnovers against this Oregon defense that we talked about was rated one of the best in the country. Right. Uh, it's outrageous. I mean, they put up 100 yards rushing as a team. McIntosh had 92. He was averaging almost six yards per carry. Just it, it's absolutely outrageous how good this team's been playing. And, you know, you look on the other side, Brandon, We fi I think we finally got to see why Tyler Shaw was getting so much hype. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a, a, after the first quarter, this kid was balling. And I don't know, uh, I, this kid might be one of the most unsuspecting fast quarterbacks of all time. It, do, it just doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> Bro, in the pocket, I'm like, okay, he backs up the throw. I'm like, okay, this kid might run a five flat. I mean, he looks like 
he might Tom Brady might beat him in a race, and then he takes off, and I'm like, oh goodness, he's faster than CJ Verdell. Oh, uh, it doesn't even make sense. How said how that what what was it a thirty or forty yard run in the second half, yeah, man? He just took off nice. outside the pocket and was booking it, man. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was crazy. Another 80-yard rushing performance for Shaw, but he put up 312 through the air, Brandon. Four touchdowns, one interception. His QBR was a 93. I mean, the, the, I can't say enough about this kid. I, I think Oregon honestly found the best quarterback to play in their system. I am really, really impressed with Tyler Shaw. C.J. Verdell, Brandon, I think top three to top five running back in the country right now another 100 yard game a touchdown averaging six six and a half yards per carry uh i don't even know what to say about this i mean the one thing i would say about oregon brandon that i'm kind of worried about is do they have an every down receiver that he can just he say if i need a first down i can go straight to him yeah that 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 is that is the one weak point that i can see too I mean, Jalen Red's really good. Devon Williams, uh, Johnny Johnson, the third, who was banged up last night, only had a, one catch, but it was a touchdown catch. Um, I think they're both really good, but I just like I don't see that go-to guy. Like in for, at LSU, you last year you could always go to Jamar Chase. Yeah, like if you need a fir- if you need a first down at Auburn, Seth Williams. You just if you see if if 18's down the field and Bo Nix has nowhere to go, it's going to Seth Williams. It don't matter if there's three people on them. At, at Bama, you have 19 options that you can go to if God forbid you're in trouble. With Trevor Lawrence, it's always Travis Etienne out the backfield. If he's in panic mode, get it to Travis Etienne out in the flat. Kyle Trask, as we know, even when he's not in trouble, is Kyle Pitts every single time. <laughs> even when he's not. Uh, <laughs> but I, that's that's one thing that I'm a- actually worried about. And the other thing is Brandon Sacks. Yeah, where is this? Where is the pressure from this Oregon defense? I mean, you have. Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, you, you, I mean, you have Noah Sewell who did get a sack last night. I mean, you have guys who can get after the quarterback, but you gave me one sack last night against Washington State. Right, right. That's tough. And only four tackles for loss, four quarterback pressures. I need more there. I think someone who has stepped up in the absence of Javon Holland, Brandon, Nick Pickett. Yeah. He's a senior who, I guess, got his chance because of a lot of opt-outs. I mean, both safeties, Brady Barisi and I forget the other kid's name, but they both opted out as well. Nick Pickett, nine tackles last night, was all over the field for them. I was really impressed with Pickett and what he's been doing. Noah Sewell, Panay Sewell's brother, four tackles, a sack, a tackle for loss, big, big contributions there. And then on the other side, Brandon, Jihad Woods for Washington State. Played an elite game. I mean, 11 total tackles, Brandon, a sack, three tackles for loss, and a pass breakup. Right. He, he, the leader of that defense over there. But I mean, for me, I, I think, uh, as crazy as it sounds, I think Mike Leach leaving was the best thing for Washington State. I <laughs> think this team's going to be real good next year. Oh, okay. Fair. I, I really do. And I think they, I think this game, I think they played as the better team for three quarters until the end when Oregon just kind of turned it on. And I think we all saw that if Oregon's clicking at a hundred percent, they're one of the best teams in the country. There's nothing you can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Guys, we're going to go ahead. I mean, Oregon moves on to face a sneaky UCLA team next weekend while Washington state travels to face Stanford in an interesting PAC 12 matchup. But we're going to three of like the biggest games of the weekend here. We're going to start with number two, Notre Dame, traveling to Boston College and getting the 45-31 to 31 win. And Brandon, North Car- Notre Dame avoided the obvious upset this weekend and showed the country that I think they're a real threat to anybody. No, they are. And, and you know, like I said on the preview episode, or maybe I didn't, maybe I just said it to you. I said it to somebody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, this really seems like a game that Notre Dame would have dropped, you know, right after the big game that people a lot, you know, that's the normal game that Notre Dame loses to the number one team in the nation or, or even a top five team in the nation. You know, they normally just lose that game. Um, then after you play Clemson, you know, your team's going to be beat up. Obviously you just played a tough, a tough, tough team. Um, and so maybe you're not going to play as strong the week after and Boston college isn't a bad team guys. 
Boston College is a pretty good football team this year. Um, I think that they're getting beaten up by by a fairly strong ACC schedule, and who would have thought we would say that after last year? But fairly strong ACC <laughs> schedule. Um, and Notre Dame pulled this one out. I, I mean, it, it was it was Boston College's red bandana game, which – you know, I, I support, you know, red bandana game. It, it, you know, if you don't know what, what it means, look it up. It, it's actually pretty, it, you know, it's a nice thing to do. But you can't wear the special jerseys and the special helmets and then get beat, right? Like, especially in a rivalry game against <laughs> Notre Dame. And not know. even be competitive after the second quarter. Right. I mean, they, it's they, a bad look. Notre Dame hangs three touchdowns on you in the second quarter, and, and you know you look silly with your with your bandana numbers. <laughs> By the way, those uniforms are lit. No, I, I mean like, those, those uniforms are fire. But you can't come out like like oh look at it. It, it's, it was like Georgia when they did the blackout game, and they would just always get beat. Like you can't wear the blackout anymore if you're going to get beat. That's why they haven't worn it in a while. Because Alabama put 900 on them. <laughs> that was a wild game. I wish we had the podcast back then. We were like, what, 13? Man. Yeah, it, it's a while ago. But, I mean, Brandon, for me, it was the quarterback difference that really settled this game. I mean, Ian Book, I think this was – I know I said last week it was his best performance, and it was mostly because it was such a big game. But, I mean, I don't remember him playing this well in a long time. No, me either. He is on fire. I mean, 20 for 27, 283, three touchdowns, 85 yards rushing, and another rushing touchdown. Are you kidding me? I mean, you already have Kyron Williams, who really was a non-factor this week. You have Sebo Flimster, 53 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Chris Tyree had 74 yards rushing. How do you stop this team when there's it's such a balanced attack? I mean, you have to stop so many different people to – you know, I, I I really don't even know what to say about this. I mean, and the tight ends, I, I don't know how they get so many good tight ends. Yeah. But that, well, this team is crazy. elite. Yeah. I mean, three touchdowns for tight ends this weekend. That's crazy. It's just, it doesn't make sense. And then you had on the other side, Phil Dracovic, um, 18 for 40, Brandon. I mean, under 45% completion percentage, 272, two touchdowns and interception. He's got to be more consistent. Yeah, no. And and when when he's on, he's on for sure. But you're right. Consistency is definitely key for him. And, man, if he could be so good if he was just consistent. Like, if he played at his best even 80% of the time, I mean, I'd be looking for him as a first-round draft pick in the future. Yep. I mean, he has the arm strength. He has the size. It's just his accuracy isn't there. And in, in, in the NFL, that means more than anything. Right. His accuracy and be able to throw the ball down the field, which he doesn't do, and it pisses me off so much. Only average 6.8 yards of completion, and that, that's not good. I mean, you had Ian Book all the way up at almost 11. Yeah. And Ian Book had a 98 QBR. That's spectacular. Uh. And for Boston College, you cannot have Phil Dracovic run for 34 yards and be your second leading rusher. No, you're you're absolutely right. That cannot happen against Notre Dame. I mean, they, they that's the same team that shut down Travis Etienne. Right. Cannot happen. But for Notre Dame, man, this offense is just stupid. I mean, almost 600 total yards. They had they had 283 in the air, 274 on the ground. They. Brandon, they they won this game forty five to thirty one, and they had three turnovers. I mean, that's insane. How do you drop the ball so bad if you're Boston College? Like, that's so tough. That's so tough to have that many turnovers and still let the other team win the game. <laughs> I mean, they lost a time of possession battle. I mean, they couldn't run the ball. I mean, it really just came down to Phil Dracovich was missing too many throws on third down. Right, he couldn't keep, he couldn't sustain drives while Ian Book hitting those third downs, and he's making plays with his legs. I mean, he led the team in rushing too. Uh, I think this Notre Dame team is for real. And listen, even if they lose to Clemson in the ACC championship, which that looks like the most likely matchup, I think this pretty much mathematically already guaranteed, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Um, if they lose to Clemson in the ACC championship, I still think they deserve a spot as of right now in the playoffs. Yeah, it's so 
I don't know. That, that's a conversation for another day. We'll do a preview episode or something, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, so guys, Notre Dame heads into a much-needed bye week, man. Eight consecutive games, Brandon. That's stout in a COVID year. And not and knock on wood, but not one COVID positive COVID test for the Fighting Irish. Right. They they handle this great. Uh, they have a huge matchup against North Carolina in two weeks. That's going to be a great matchup. Boston College also has a bye week before hosting the Louisville Cardinals, Brandon. Um that's going to be an interesting game as well. But let's move on to Blacksburg. I didn't want to cover this game, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. I tried to skip it, but Brandon's making me. So I guess we had a decent game down in Blacksburg. 25-24 win for the Hurricanes. And if you're wondering why I'm upset, it's because Virginia Tech was my only loss this week in pick six. And they gave this game away. I literally do not know how they lost. Brandon, what happened here in Blacksburg? Ah, uh, man. <laughs> I don't know. This was a crazy game, though, wasn't it? I'm still uh, this. This was the best game of the weekend, honestly. I mean, the fact that Miami found a way to come back again—it's like their what second or third straight comeback win. They had a 44-41 win over NC State on the road last week, and in this game, Miami didn't lead till under six minutes left in the game. Right, and I don't. I don't even know how they pulled this win off. I mean, they they came back. Um, like you said, you know, in, in the last six minutes of the game, scored that fi- scored that last touchdown. It's funny if you look at the win probability map, uh, because you see Virginia Tech at like they're like steady, like at eighty five percent throughout the game. At one point, they're at ninety percent. Then all of a sudden, right there with, with six minutes left, Miami takes the lead, and then yeah, they won the game. But um, I think the key to this was Miami's defense was able to contain Hinton Hooker on his on the ground. You know, because when he gets away, I mean he can really make some moves on the ground. He can make he can make defenders miss, but Miami was handling him. I mean, they were containing him. He had twenty one carries, but he only had fifty nine yards total. Um and fifty three came on one run, which he broke for a touchdown. Right. And so they I you know, besides that one <laughs> that one run, Miami's defense contained him really well, I thought. Yeah, they were able to get pressure. I, I mean, I told you guys in the previous episode that Miami has to be able to get to the quarterback. Brandon has six sacks this weekend, 11 tackles for loss, and another two quarterback hurries. Right. The MVP for me, Jalen Phillips, the former five-star, number one player in the country. He was on my biggest recruiting bust of all time list. I mean, this kid was terrible at UCLA he finally gets his chance in Miami Brandon eight tackles two and a half sacks four and a half tackles for loss yeah all over the field guys all over the field I was really really impressed with Phillips and the defensive game plan that you know Manny Diaz brought into this game I was I was really really impressed with this team I mean Khalil Herbert didn't do anything. He was a little bit banged up. Raheem Blackshear was pretty much held in check. He was their backup guy to kind of look to. I mean, this was really Hendon Hooker versus the Miami Hurricanes. There, Nobody wanted to help Hooker this weekend. That's fair enough. And, I mean, Derek King. I mean, what else can we even say, Brandon? I, I mean, the, the kid is spectacular. The kid is clutched down the stretch. I mean, 255 through the air, a touchdown, had 15 yards rushing with another touchdown. A lot of that yardage was lost due to sacks, as Virginia Tech also has six sacks. But De'Aaron King was dynamic. He didn't turn the ball over. Uh, I I really don't know what else to say, man. I mean, De'Aaron King's is that dude. And I think if he would have came to Miami before wasting all that time in Houston, the Hurricanes would be a real playoff contender here. I definitely agree, man. If he would have been there from the start, which I don't, that's all. I mean, that's something we've covered before. I don't, I don't necessarily understand why he chose Houston in the first place. I guess he's from Texas, but I don't, he's not even from the Houston area, is he? I thought he was like more from Dallas. Yeah, I think it's Dallas, but yeah. I could be totally wrong on that. Yeah, off I could the top be too. My head. Don't, if you're from Texas, don't 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 judge us based off of this. This is, this is the wrong thing. <laughs> it's to it's judge not us like on. Texas is a big state or anything. I mean, yeah, no it's one. all connected. And, and second of all, who cares about dumb old Texas? Is what I'll say. <laughs> Easy. That's like our second biggest listening base. We appreciate y'all, <laughs> Texas. Um, but no, I mean, Cameron Harris, Brandon, finally showed up. He still didn't get 100 yards rushing, but he was efficient enough. I mean, four and a half yards average 
per carry. I mean, that's not bad. He has 63 yards rushing, a touchdown. Jalen Knighton, I needed to find some more room, 27 yards rushing. But overall, they got 131 on the ground, two touchdowns. They pretty much, I mean, they held Virginia Tech to 3.9 yards per rush. Hendon Hooker is too inconsistent through the air. I mean, 202 through the air, but no passing touchdowns. Had a costly interception late in the game where I don't even know where he was throwing it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, he, he overthrew the receiver by like 15 yards. It was bad. It, it, it didn't even make sense. He threw it as like a streak, and the dude was running like a post. I don't know where it was going. And, luck, and the DB somehow saw it and just made a good play on it. Miami's got to clean up the penalty. The penalties, though, Brandon, another eight penalties for 77 yards. Um, the discipline just, I don't know. There's something missing there. But my final wrap-up here, Brandon, they finally, I think, found a wide receiver. D. Yeah. Wiggins was all over the field in this one. Eight catches, 106. Didn't get a touchdown, but every time De'Aaron King needed to, needed a big play, he went to Wiggins, and Wiggins delivered. If if he can keep this up, Brandon, I think it's going to take this Hurricanes offense to a new level because they have been struggling to find someone to take that uh, wide receiver one role. Right, I agree. Oh, man. But, guys, the Hurricanes, they're, they're going to – they're headed back home to host a Georgia Tech team that is looking for a big win, while Virginia Tech falls to 500 and travels to face the Pitt Panthers in a huge ACC matchup. The game of the week, supposedly, is what we were told, was the number 13 Wisconsin Badgers traveling to Ann Arbor to face the Michigan Wolverines. Ended up being a beatdown 49-11 to for the Badgers this weekend. And, Brandon, I want to say this. I think we had two giant questions answered this weekend. First, we found out Wisconsin is a real Big Ten college football playoff contender and might be the most complete team in the Big Ten. And secondly, I think it's a wrap now, Brandon. I don't, th- I don't think I'm alone on this. I, th- I think the people on the other side are alone. Michigan has to move on from Harbaugh, and this is this is this is a major problem now. Zach's been on this train for like years now. By the way, like, I think is, I started it. I think I started hashtag fire Harbaugh. Well, you were on it like the beginning of last season, where he lost like one game. I think he's overrated, and Brandon, this perfect intro. I'm glad you did this. I I want to start with Harbaugh here. And I did some research, so I'm going to have you play a little Coach A versus Coach B for me, Brandon. Okay. I need you to tell me which coach you would rather have, all right? Oh, man. Okay. We got Coach A, 48-21 and 21 in his career. That's a 69% winning percentage. Nice. He's 1-4 in four in bowl games, 3-8 and eight against his two biggest rivals for that school, and he has three top 10 recruiting classes. All right, that's Coach A's resume right now. Coach B is 66 and 33 at his school. That's a 67% win percentage, so about the same there. They're two and five in bowl games, five and 10 against their two biggest rivals, one national championship appearance, one conference title, two conference title game appearances. And six top ten recruiting classes for Coach B. Which coach would you want? Well, Coach B. That Coach B is head coach Gus Malzahn at Auburn, Brandon. Okay, but that don't say that to me. That it, that is Coach B. So you're saying Gus Malzahn right now has been the better coach at Auburn than Jim Harbaugh has been at Michigan? Well, yeah, I, I, yes, absolutely. I'd say that he's he's at least had a national championship appearance. And he's put up similar win percentages. He's better in bowl games. And, Brandon, who's better? The combination of Ohio State and Michigan State or Georgia-Alabama? Wait, uh, Georgia-Alabama. Yeah, Malzahn's 5-10 and 10 against Georgia and Alabama. Jim Harbaugh is 3-8 and eight against Ohio State and Michigan State. That's not, not a good look at all. And Gus Malzahn's got six top ten recruiting classes to Harbaugh's three, and and Malzahn has more top five. So I'm not going to call Gus Malzahn a good coach. Now, if that's what you're trying to no, get me to do, no, I'm not going to do no, it. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to say a bad coach in Gus Malzahn is is better than Jim Harbaugh. 
So can we stop saying Jim Harbaugh is an elite college football coach? Because he is not. Look, we're still writing out the, uh, the 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 Stanford run that he had. Zach, can you let us have that? Um, I, I still I I don't even know if the Stanford run would beat this Malzahn resume. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's okay. Okay, Zach. That's fair enough, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, guys, I just wanted to prove a point because I mean, Brandon Gus Malzahn's been on the hot seat for four years now. It's been a while, but he keeps winning just enough to stay, which right. If, it's, it's are, kind of frustrating. Are you, are you even happy if you're an Auburn fan of that? No, I, I still think Malzahn should go. I, I'm, I've been, I've been on that train as well. And you know, the reason I picked Gus Malzahn, Brandon, I had a few other coaches in mind, but Malzahn's the perfect person to compare to Harbaugh because there's not a single person who considers Gus Malzahn an elite coach, nor anybody who ranks him in the top ten. Correct? Right. Jim Harbaugh is consistently rated one of the best coaches in the country. Well, and he's he's one of the highest paid too. So yeah, I think he's the third highest paid coach in the country. Are you that that should be illegal. It's the third or fourth because I know Dabo, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, and him are like the four highest. I don't know who I know Dabo's first, Saban's second. I don't know if Jimbo or Harbaugh's third or fourth, but a top you're getting paid as a top five coach. And you're getting outperformed by someone who, I mean, I don't even know if there's people who put Gus Malzahn in the top 15. I don't think I would. <laughs> exactly. And you're telling me that you're telling me that at Michigan, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Auburn fan, but Michigan is a historically better program than Auburn. Yeah. I mean, they're blue blood and yeah. you know, that's, that's our name. Yeah. They're a blue blood program and you're getting outperformed by Gus Malzahn at Auburn. That's tough. That's you're getting out look. recruited. You're getting out recruited. You're getting out performed in bowl games. You're getting just about outperformed in the season. And, you know, I'm giving Malzahn. I mean, Malzahn's one is what, 67% and you won 69%. And I would say fundamentally Auburn plays a tougher schedule than Michigan year in a year out. Yeah, probably. Because we could have extended it. I could have put his record against Wisconsin and then put Auburn's record against their third biggest rival, LSU, and then Malzahn takes an even bigger lead there. I don't know about that, Zach. Why are you going to do this to me? <laughs> and then Auburn has beaten what, how many? I think it's like three or four number one teams under Malzahn. Jim Harbaugh has never – I don't think Jim Harbaugh's beaten a top five team. Really? I mean th- – uh, they've lost to every good Wisconsin and Ohio State team they played. That's true. They might have gotten one. I, they might have beaten Penn State, but I don't think they were top five when they beat. I don't think they were top ten. Okay. So that's a bad look. That's yeah. a. I mean, th- th- this should seal his fate, Brandon. And listen, I, I'm not. I'm not necessarily for firing someone mid year. I think that causes more problems in the program than you need. But I think Harbaugh should just be on his way out right now. I don't even think it should be a conversation. I don't even think you need to meet with him. Just give him the letter and be like, hey, bro, you got to go. I need you to start packing your stuff now. <laughs> you just tell him. You just tell him, hey, you're out. Uh, if if there was ever a coach that deserved to be fired this season, it's Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. That's fair. The milk can't save him. Trips to Greece can't save him. His Stanford run can't save him. His one Super Bowl appearance can't save him. Nothing. I mean, right. he's got to go. And I, I listen. If I'm a if I'm a coach elsewhere in the country, I'm not even giving him a head coaching job. I think you should make him be a coordinator. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, what has he done that proves that he deserves another head coaching job, Brandon? I don't know, dude. Why are we? I mean, he's still got the legacy, and that's the reason that people don't think he should be fired. You can at least understand that, right? No, because it's the no. same thing. Bob, Bobby Bowden should have been fired like 15 years before he was. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, dude. I mean, what was Florida State at the end of Bobby Bowden's run? Uh, I mean, still a blue blood. Okay, that's fine. You, you know, do you want to be a blue blood or do you want to be Ohio State being in the college football playoff every year? Well, they're both, so yeah. Okay, they're both. Okay, Clemson. Okay, yeah, Clemson. Like if you're if you're a Michigan fan right now, I know you're not, Brandon. Would you rather say, "Hey, we're going to go after Brett Brent Venables this year and try to get him to be the head coach," or do you want Jim Harbaugh for another three? 
uh, Brent Venables a million times out of a million. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, enough on this. I get it. I just wanted to prove a point because everyone hates on Justin Malzahn, but he's better than Jim Harbaugh. Anyway, Michigan's offense, Brandon, continued their free fall this weekend, and I, I think it's approaching garbage territory. Okay. 219 total yards, only 10 first downs, 47 yards rushing, two turnovers, and Brandon, this is the kicker, 19 minutes of possession time. Ah, that's a terrible look. Okay. I mean, this offense is anemic at best. Yeah. Anemic. I- you you got some words, man. Ah, I am telling you, bro, those GRE words coming in handy. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, and I want to say this, Brandon. I get it. Everyone's going to put blame on Milton, all of it. And I, he deserves some of it. Uh, he played really, really bad. I get it. I got you. But I think the biggest problem is the rushing attack and the offensive line play. Okay, You can't put it all on Milton. Not when Zach Charbonnet's rushed three times for 21 yards. Okay. That's what you gave me this game. Three rushes for 21 yards for your top back, and 14 came on one run. Yeah, no, I mean, I know it's not great, Zach. And you're playing Wisconsin, right, with a young quarterback in Joe Milton who's never started before. It's a big game. The, the, he's been on a downswing. He's been inconsistent. And you rushed the ball 19 times and put all the pressure on his shoulders. And he looked really bad, too. Like, last that night. That second interception – Dude, Stevie Wonder could have missed that safety. <laughs> God. Okay. Uh, Brandon, there wasn't another player within 25 yards of that dude. No, I know. And he hit him <laughs> right in between the numbers. Is he colorblind? But, St- what? but Stevie Wonder? Yes. Oh, man. Oh, I man, mean, Zach. We're going to get canceled. Listen, you can blindfold me. And tie my right arm, which I'm right-handed, to my right foot, and I would have avoided that linebacker. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, you could just throw it in the ground, but you hit the dude right between the numbers. He said, you know what? I kind of want them to have the ball. Here you go. Right. I mean, it almost, I mean, if it literally, if I, if I was a conspiracy theorist and I watched that game last night, I'd be like, yo, Joe Milton's throwing this game. <laughs> Brandon, at one point, he was two for five, negative five yards, and two interceptions in the first half. Milton's got some money on this game. They just they, is, is gambling legal in, in Michigan? I, we gotta I, find don't, out. I, I don't think me. so. I don't me. think so. But, I mean, you, give, you, you, you help this young quarterback out by rushing the ball only 19 times for 2.5 yards per carry. Right. And you give him – and then you're like, well, we didn't possess the ball long enough. It's like, yeah, you want to know why? Because the clock stops when Joe Milton's throwing it to the second row. <laughs> you got to run the ball to have time of possession. It's like a simple thing. I mean, literally, I've never been a coach in my life. Like, I, I'm not like saying that I'm an expert on coaching, but like, I've played enough instead of play to know that if I throw the ball 60 times in the air, my time of possession is probably not going to be great. <laughs> Zach, Coach Jesus. Zach over here. Coach Coach NCAA Zach. Brandon, he had 47 – he completed 47% of his passes for 98 yards and two interceptions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his QBR was an eight, Brandon. That's, how do you do that? I feel like we keep getting lower and lower every single episode. I'm telling uh, – you play quarterback at the University of Michigan, and you gave me an eight – eight's all you got really i don't want to hear i listen i i know i listen i get we've already been on the hardball segment but every year it was the year brandy remember it was the first time he had a dynamic quarterback that could run out of the pocket it's the first time that he had he had cam newton jr back there and this dude's giving you an eight Okay, but that to be fair, that's what Michigan has every year. Michigan has oh well this is the quarterback that harbaugh needed this is this is the guy this dude is making Shea Patterson like he should have won the Hosman Trophy last year. Shout out, Shea. I mean, Brandon passes 10-plus yards down the field. He was 2 for 10, 48 yards, and two interceptions. That's real bad. Four of his completions came behind the line of scrimmage. Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> what do like, we do? I, listen, I, I don't want – I hate roasting college football players, but – 
listen, I mean, this is this is our job. We got to offer analysis, but Jesus Christ, dude! Yeah, if you give me an eight QBR, like there's just nothing positive I can say about anything feel, you did last night. I feel like we need to stage a coup, and we need to we need to take over Michigan football. You and I, with all the experience we have, <laughs> I, I think we should. Listen, I, I know. Uh, let's see. I, I'm trying to think. Like, I I I, I would bet. I, I'm just trying to think of everyone I know in my entire life. I know I have to know at least twenty five people that can get me more than an eight on in the QBR scale. I don't know very many people, so maybe maybe I don't, but maybe you do. I don't know. I, I think I listen. Just think back to your wedding party in June. Okay. I think there's three people in the wedding party that could probably get me above an eight. Okay, I, I like I like I like the confidence that you're giving everybody. That you're, I, I uh, do, I do. I mean, we have we have. Hey, what we had a D two baseball player there. I think he got. I think he got us. Yeah, I think he, he could get us there. I mean, one of them was in a major frat at Auburn. I think he can might get us a nine. And well, I, a lot of flag football being played. <laughs> but no, I mean, l- l- enough on roasting poor, you know, Michigan's offense. I mean, they, they're struggling enough. But, Brandon, until Milton can move the ball efficiently, until the O-line meshes and clicks together, until the run game comes alive, I think Michigan is in for a long season. I mean, I'm talking about Penn State level bad. Yeah. Wow. Uh, right now, I don't. I don't project. Mich- I mean, listen. I don't want to get too far ahead, but Michigan is on upset alert next week against Rutgers. Rutgers could beat this Michigan team. You think so? Facts. A, a thousand percent. Okay. Rutgers may already looks like the better team. Rutgers might be the favorite next week. Okay. Uh, maybe. Maybe if this uh. game. But listen, I mean, Wisconsin's defense is going to get a lot of the shine, but I think it's more so Michigan's offense is that bad than Wisconsin's defense is that elite. But this offense, Brandon, balanced, explosive, consistent, moves the ball in so many different ways. I mean, Mertz wasn't as spectacular as he was week one, but he didn't turn the ball over, and the run game really took the spotlight. I, I mean, Mertz isn't going to have to throw for 250, five touchdowns every game. I mean, Nakia Watson, who I deemed as like the X factor, two rushing touchdowns, 65 yards rushing. You had freshman Jalen Berger, 87 yards, one touchdown. I mean, Brandon, this Wisconsin team racked up over 340 yards rushing and right. five touchdowns. Right. I mean, I, I know you're a huge Mertz fan, but this this team is so much more than just Graham Mertz. I am a huge Mertz fan, but yeah, I mean, yeah, they're very good. It's it's just insane, man. I I am so impressed. But guys, like I said, the Badgers now travel to face a talented Northwestern team in a battle of unbeaten's, while Michigan is probably on upset alert next week against Rutgers. But guys, that's a wrap on Pick Six recap. We're moving on to contenders versus pretenders, week eleven edition. We're gonna tell we're gonna pick some of the top teams in the country. We're gonna tell you if they're contenders or pretenders. Right now, we do not have Ohio State, Clemson, Bama, or um what was Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and Notre Dame, because those are pretty much contenders. I feel like that would have been Boring to go through the four top teams in the country that are all really good. But Brandon, we're going to start out here. Five and one Texas A&M. Are they a contender for you or a pretender for the college football playoff? I feel like they're a real contender. I I honestly do. Um, you know, ever since that Alabama loss, they've uh, they've really impressed me. Now, I'm not going to say like, oh, they're definitely in. Like they're they're in. They still have a lot to prove. Um, and I don't know that they can really get in unless Alabama loses uh, unless Florida maybe drops a game here and there uh, before the SEC championship they still make it in over Georgia and then Alabama somehow loses in that SEC championship that's the only way they get in but I mean they're still they're still a contender I think okay I mean Florida technically can lose one more game and still get in because Georgia has those two SEC losses right um, but I'm going with pretender here Brandon uh, okay I think a and a pretender. I mean, outside of Florida, have they beaten anybody relevant? Uh, no, I guess not. But, I mean, they've only lost to Alabama. Yeah, I get I still, until Kellen Mond can prove that he can be consistent enough to win all their rest of their games and he can continue to put on performances like he's been doing, 
I'm going to say pretender because I don't believe this team is consistent enough nor experienced enough to make a real run at the playoffs here. And I think they're going to drop one to two more games this year. Ooh, one to two. Okay. Yep, I really do. But, Brandon, that brings us to Florida. Five and one now after a dominated performance this weekend. Are the Gators contenders or pretenders for the college football playoff? Florida's a real contender. Now, if I'm ranking these, I'm putting Florida over over, – uh, Texas A&M, you know, I, I had Texas A&M as a contender, but there's levels to this. I mean, Florida's like top tier actual contender. Okay, you, you can rank it like on a scale of 1 to 10. How, how how contender or pretender are they? Oh, Texas A&M, let's say anything below a 5 is a pretender. Let's say 5 to 10 is a contender, 1 to 4 is a pretender. I'd give Texas A&M a 5. Like they're close to being a pretender. Florida's, Florida's a strong 9, I think. I think they might be a 10. I mean, honestly, even with that defense, I mean, this team right now, I think Florida is one of the four, maybe three to four hottest teams in the country. Okay. Yeah. I think they're that good, but Brandon, this, this is where it gets interesting. We're going to get some good teams here. Seven and O Cincinnati after a dominating performance against East Carolina this weekend. I still think pretender, man. I do. Um, I don't think that they're legitimately going to make it into the college football playoff. If that's the question, I'd give them, I'd give them a four and a half out of five. Uh, I'm going with contender for Cincinnati. I listen, it's, y'all can take my credentials away, whatever. I think Cincinnati can beat Notre Dame right now. Wow, really? Yes. Okay, I, mean, I, I do. I, I I think Cincinnati would beat Texas A&M, and right. I give Cincinnati a chance to beat Florida with that defense. You're going to give uh, Desmond Ritter that defense? Ah. Uh, I don't know. You crazy. You crazy. Uh, I'm telling you, I think Cincinnati is a contender. I'd give them a six on the contender scale. Okay. Uh, Just because that conference, I mean, it's going to be tough for them to get in. They're going to need Florida to lose. They're going to need Texas A&M to lose. They're going to need some upsets in conference. I mean, they're probably going to need A&M to lose to LSU and Auburn or one of the two. They're gonna they're gonna need Florida to lose to drop to LSU to end the season and then beat Alabama probably. They're gonna they're probably gonna need Clemson to beat Notre Dame and Notre Dame drop to like UNC. They're, they're gonna need some work to get in the get in there. But I think in terms of a team, they're they're a contender. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, BYU, Brandon, eight and zero on the season. They're rolling after a beatdown last week of Boise State. Are they a contender or a pretender? BYU is a contender, I think. I think they're a legitimate contender. Wait, so if BYU-Cincinnati playing right now in, like, let's say, Dallas, you're taking BYU over yeah, Cincinnati? I'll take BYU. You are sick. No. Yes, but not not because of that. You are sick. They Zach Wilson don't want that Cincinnati problem. That's not true. That's simply not true. <laughs> Listen, I, I talk a lot of crap, but I think they're also a contender. I think anytime you have a star player like Zach Wilson, you have a shot against anybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the kid's been balling. Are they going to make it? Probably not. I would rank them a five right now, Brandon. Okay. I think they're they're a bigger long shot than Cincinnati because Cincinnati's played at least three ranked teams and has another one on the schedule. BYU, I don't think, has played a ranked team yet. Yeah, that's true. That's a tough look. I, I well, don't think you can get in the playoffs. They're not in the conference. Yeah, I know, and they they had to put the schedule together. What they should do, I, I don't know if it can't. If there's an ACC team, I don't know what the schedule. I don't know who hasn't played their non conference game. If there's a team that doesn't have a non conference opponent immediately, BYU needs to be on the phone right now. Yeah, absolutely. Because they beat an ACC team, that's a bigger win than Cincinnati has. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's being the ACC is better than the AAC this year. Uh, for for the first time in a long time, but Miami, Brandon. Speaking of the ACC, Miami seven and one, only losses to Clemson. Are they a contender or a pretender? Uh, pretender. I think they're pretenders. I do. I do too. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that. That I know. I get it. They're only losses to Clemson, but they almost lost to VT and VT's frauds. Um. They keep almost losing is my thing. They're like the Steelers where, yeah, they're really good, but they keep just barely squeaking things out. I like that. I, I like the. I, I like that. And I think this weekend Virginia Tech looked like the better team. Yeah, they did. 
honestly, I mean, I don't think Miami should have beaten them. They almost lost to NC State. They almost lost to Pitt at one point. And Brandon, they still have Georgia Tech, who's sneaky. They still have North Carolina on their schedule. I mean, this team has some games that are really going to be interesting. But, you know, the fact that they didn't get to play Notre Dame is a big loss, I guess, on their resume. They they played one big-time team. They got smacked. I don't think anyone's looking at Miami and saying, oh, if they get another shot at Clemson, they'll win. Right. No, so not. I'm going with Pretender here. I'm going like a two for the two, Pretender. Yeah, like, I don't think they have a chance. Two and a half. I'll give them two and a half. All right. Indiana, Brandon, 4-0 and on the season. <laughs> They're rolling, and I believe their matchup against Ohio State is this upcoming weekend. Are they a contender or a pretender? Oh, man, I still think they're pretenders. <laughs> I get it, they're 4-0. But I don't know. I haven't – I guess – If I've, they beat I've, Ohio State, we're going to say oh, we're gonna say contender. Oh, absolutely contender, like 100%. Right now they're sitting like a 4.9 for me. If a 5 is a contender, they're a 4.9, and they're so close. See, I'm also going pretender, but I'm way lower than you. I give them like a two, maybe three. Okay. I think uh, Michael Penix is really good, but I don't think I don't really put a lot of stock in their wins right now, Brandon. Yeah, I don't think they've beaten really good teams. Um, I think Michigan's trash. Michigan State isn't much better. Rutgers not really great. Penn State, we've seen what they are. I mean. All these teams were putting stock into their wins have turned out to be absolute frauds. That fair, fair. We're mushes. And I, I don't I don't think that defense is gonna hold up against the elite of the elite of the Big Ten. You don't? Okay. No. I think Ohio State is I'm not gonna give away my prediction, but I think it could be in some, some trouble when Ohio State comes to town. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, honestly, and you know, going to the Pac twelve, Brandon, Oregon. Two and zero. Are they a contender or a pretender? They're contenders. They're absolutely contenders. They're the top of their conference. I mean, if you're at the top of your conference, you're. I mean, I think that automatically makes you a contender. Yeah, I agree. I think they're contenders. I think they're. I think right now, I think they're a top five team in the country. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't rank them there because they only played two games, but I think talent wise and potential, they're up there. If that right. makes sense. I think they, I, I need to see a little bit more. But if they go undefeated, Oregon's going to be in the playoffs. Absolutely. And then finally, Brandon, Wisconsin, 2-0. and Are they a contender or a pretender? Contender. Contender of the contenders. <laughs> he said, He said, if there's a contender level, they are the contenders. Of the- <laughs> they're 11. They're 11 on the scale of 1 to 10. They're, they're, they're contenders squared. Contenders um, squared. Uh, I, yeah, I think they're contenders. I, they're, I think they're the most balanced, balanced and overall. Just, I think uh, Brandon, this is gonna sound crazy. I think they might right now. They might be the best team in the Big Ten. Yeah. They, uh, well, <laughs> even so, over Ohio State. Really? That's tough. I think their defense is better than Ohio State's right now. Okay. I, I, and I think the quarterback battle is pretty even. I do give Ohio State the slight edge rushing, but I think they're right there. I think it's one and one A in the Big Ten right now. Right, right. This Wisconsin team is better than last year's. If, God forbid, Jonathan Taylor had one more year of eligibility. Yeah. But we could be looking at a real problem Not for the Big Ten if Jonathan Taylor or someone like that Graham could come Graham and Jonathan Taylor. It'd be a problem. Dangerous. Yeah, and Brandon, uh, in case you guys are wondering, I did not include USC because they're ranked 20th in the country. I, I don't think you can make the playoffs right now in middle of November and when you're not in the top 15. I agree. I mean, and USC kind of looks like frauds because they should they should be 0-2 right now. They're, they're really the Steelers, if anyone's the Steelers. <laughs> it's a bad look. But, guys, that is a wrap on this episode, man. We appreciate you all tuning in. Another hour of content for you guys. But, listen, check out social media, Instagram, at the underscore Blue Bloods. Twitter at the underscore underscore Blue Bloods, Facebook at the Blue Bloods Pod, YouTube, the Blue Bloods CFB Podcast. Website is the Blue Check us out there. Check out the Worst Tape Network, um, part of that awesome, awesome social network there. But guys, tune in literally anywhere you listen to episodes. Me and Brandon appreciate all y'all support, man. Y'all are the best listeners out there. Rate, like, review, download, whatever, wherever you listen to the podcast, man. All your support is appreciated. But, guys, we will be back 
Thursday with a Week 12 preview. It's getting down to the wire here, already Week 12. So make sure to tune in for that. Tell your friends, family, girlfriends, uh, brothers, sisters, cousins, everything. Just make sure everybody tunes in. But for right now, we out.